0: Cliff Central the Revolution. I've got something
1: important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com. So this is Cliffcentral.com. It is Friday morning. It's just after 10. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle. It unradio. un-radio. It is unscripted. And this morning, it is most definitely uncensored. And I'm so excited because this is something I have wanted to do for a long time. And we finally have gotten to do it. So I'm talking to my friend and colleague in California, Caroline Carrington. Good morning, Caroline.
0: Good morning, Cliff. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much for having me here.
1: It's really awesome. I'm such a fan of your work. I think you do the most amazing stuff. Um, it's, and it's a real honor to share this with you. So thank you for making the time for us.
0: Mm, thank you for time zone hopping with me so we can drop in and connect more intimately today.
1: Yeah. Now, you were born in South Africa, and I can still hear a little bit of your accent comes through <laughs> every now and then.
0: Yes, I was born in South Africa. I actually grew up there in Cape Town. We yeah, can I hear the hope... Cape
1: Town because that's definitely not a Joeberg accent. It's a little bit more
0: refined.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, and then I, I grew up in Hout Bay and finished university in Stellenbosch. And after I finished university, I went to London, and you can probably hear some English influence yeah, in that as well, so not just the Capetonian. Mm. And I spent five years in London, and a lot of time after that traveling the world. I lived in Australia and in New Zealand, and found my way to California in the San Francisco mm-hmm. Bay Area, and... I've been here now for just over 10 years.
1: Oh, Fantastic. And I know that you travel a lot to teach. You've been in Hawaii recently, which I would love to come to Hawaii.
0: Oh, we'll have to tempt you, Jansi. Absolutely. (laughs)
1: But we're going to have to tempt you to come and do some stuff in Mozambique. Because I have to tell you, that is just so beautiful.
0: I keep hearing wonderful things from your postings. And I see Shakti Milan also does. Some beautiful things. Yeah, in, she in uses Oste. a resort
1: just down the beach ah. from where we go. Um, and she's yeah, also one of my good friends. She's a fantastic teacher. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be awesome to have a gathering of all of us in Mozambique.
0: That sounds fantastic and may not be totally unrealistic, Janti, because Mm. I'm starting to dream a trip into being to South Africa, Wow! actually to come and give back, you know, to my South Mm. African roots in uh, 2018.
1: Okay, well, we can start working on it. Yeah. And I have to tell you, with exchange rates at the moment, it's so much easier for you to come here.
0: Right, That's, that's true. I haven't looked for a while. I don't know what the exchange is doing. That's about
1: 13 to 1 or something at the
0: moment. Got it right so i'll bring so, my dollars and there, we there we go there we go
1: and mozambique is cheaper anyway so that's, that's so right beautiful. okay so i wanted to talk to you about the sexual wounding of men and this came about because most of the work that i do and i know that for so many other teachers around the world most of the work that we do is actually with women And so much of sexual exploration, so much of what's written, so much of out there is about female sexuality. And it's a new thing for men, for men firstly to acknowledge so many of the sexual wounds and issues that we have. And for a man to actually acknowledge this and then to go and do something about it is, Mm -hmm. it's a huge step. It's an incredibly vulnerable space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really, really important. And a lot of men don't have the resources.
0: You mean know, they don't have the resources in terms of emotionally, or they don't know where to look? Both. What do you both. mean? Yeah, both. Right.
1: Both. Firstly, internally, to acknowledge their emotions. And in the last week, this has become incredibly pertinent for me of being in a, in a, a really deep heart space. Um, That's an incredibly challenging space. And just being able to sit in that. Mm -hmm. So maybe a good starting point is actually men and feelings.
0: Right. Well, thank you for being willing to share to all your listeners and with me this morning how deeply personal the subject is for you. I feel like that's going to bring a richness into our conversation so thank you for being willing to dive in and as, into your own vulnerability and as you do that I'm hoping that that'll invite others to do the same. Yeah,
1: cuz I get so excited when men want to come and heal and learn.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one of my first tantra teachers, uh Charles Muir, who's based out of California mm. His vision was that if you want to get to a man's heart, you've got to go through his lingam. That's mm-hmm. the tantric word for penis. And, um, you know, in tantric language, that's going through the second chakra. But it's so true. If you say to a guy, come and hang out with me and we'll talk about your feelings, for three hours and we're gonna go into your old childhood wounding. I, I wouldn't have any students if that's how I promoted yeah. my work, right? And I actually, I get a lot of uh, feedback, not all of it positive because I'm, I talk so explicitly and so sexually about my work. And I do that very consciously uh, because I wanna meet people where they're at. And if you say to people of all genders, but specifically men, I can teach you how to quadruple your orgasm, they will they will show up, they, they are beating down my door <laughs> to come and learn how to do that. And as we explore that, then there's this rich tapestry of actually understanding sometimes what's standing in the way of having the best pleasure in your life. Are those emotional blocks or is that wounding that's come from years before that maybe you didn't even realize? was impacting you today, and as we help heal those, then it creates more place and space to expand into more pleasure. And I find pleasure is an amazing access point for that for many people.
1: And that's where the deepest pleasure ultimately comes, is from that heart connection and the heart
0: space. Absolutely. And having
1: having been on such a personal sexual journey of exploring so much for so long, um, and having had so many experiences, the simple truth is, the deepest experiences are the heart experiences.
0: Hmm. Well, from my personal life, I have some beautiful lovers in my world, and what I've been noticing with intimacy, Janti, is it's actually the times of discord or even conflict uh, that can take us into deeper places of intimacy. And it feels like an oxymoron because you would think if you have a if you if you have a big disagreement on something that that would create more disconnection. But what I find is it takes you even deeper in your relationship with each other, provided you're willing to, you know, be there in the fire together, and and you know nobody's choosing to run away or mm. abandon. You you're willing to be there. And that's been a huge lesson for me because my story through most of my life. Growing up has been around, oh, you know if somebody has an argument then then that 's it that 's mm. the end of the relationship, and a lot of my own abandonment wounding comes from that, so it 's been a real gift from these men to learn know that the the conflict can take you into deeper layers of intimacy and trust
1: and I think that 's the hard part for a lot of people is learning to sit with that, learning to be in it and go through the layers of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's where the intensity emerges instead of trying to just change it because our world is one of of kind of change. You know, we have a headache, you take a pill. Instead of looking, maybe there's something more. Maybe I need to sit with this for a little while. Maybe I need to see where it's coming from or where it's going.
0: Yes. Well, I think some of the challenge in, in trying to do that in relationship I'm not suggesting it's impossible it can be wonderful if you both have the skills to do that but so often when when there's charge or uh wounding that's happening or big emotions running even if we get triggered for example uh we're actually not able to be with the other person in a in a grounded or rational way so having somebody be at a therapist or You know, I work with couples on a regular basis to really support them in being a neutral person so that I can stay grounded when they're not able to. And often with couples, I actually work individually with them as well so that they're not censoring in front of their their partner and they have the freedom to say all the so-called inappropriate things and get as angry as they want to get. And I'm not taking it personally because I don't have an emotional investment, you know, so we can really create space for the emotion and emotions are really just another form of energy, right? We think of sexual energy being amazing and fun and, uh, and it is. But if we think of emotions kind of, they can feel like a tidal wave. And if we just let them wash over us and give them the space to be expressed, so often the intensity of that emotion can dissipate. In my experience, the more we try to shut them down, uh, actually that creates a bigger problem, be it now or or down the line. But it it doesn't really leave us feeling very satisfied if, if we don't give room for the energy of that emotion. Yeah, and that's
1: the hard part is to actually just be in that and allow it to move through us. I think that's where people struggle with that, is they want to change it. As soon as something's uncomfortable, the desire to change it or move away from it is there, instead of going deeper into it.
0: Well, I think, you know, some feedback I get a lot from, uh, I work with people of all genders, but from the men I work with is they often say that it doesn't feel safe for them to express their emotion to predominantly to women. Mm. I'm making a gendered statement now, but I think there's a role for us as women where we can create the safety. There's this stereotype and programming that men always have to be the strong ones and the problem solvers. And, you know, for those that are in heterosexual relationships, like Mm. we love that, but at the same time, it can become a bit of a cage where then there isn't any room for men to be vulnerable or to say that they're scared or, you know, to feel like there is, is, uh, no room to express what's really going on for them. And I think it can be our, our role, uh, as partners, really regardless of gender to create the space where it's, where it's safe for the men to be vulnerable. Mm. And I spend a lot of time, I notice men open up actually quite easily with me. Because I create the safety for them. And I say it's okay. And when we create that space and we really genuinely make the time for it and uh, create the safety, then I, I think it changes the conversation.
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for men and women who want to do any kind of sexual healing or growing or exploration is to have that safety. To know that, right. that their partner is not going to ridicule them that they're able to be vulnerable. And when that happens, what men are willing to express, the beauty of that is is priceless. Absolutely. And we see that. We saw it at the last retreat in Mozambique with some people. Mm -hmm. And that moment where that opening and tears flow, and it doesn't have to be tears. It's just being so willing to be so present with what you are. And I think for a lot of men that's difficult. There's so much expectation in today's world of what it means to be a man. And there's very mm-hmm. little guidance on what a man actually really is.
0: Right. And I think what a man is continues to evolve, and that can make it challenging too. You know, there's the stereotype type of the macho guy who – Watches rugby and drinks beer and hangs out with his guy friends. And I'm also seeing, at least in California, uh, a real welcoming in of the, the more yin or the more receptive, so-called feminine aspect of, of men. And there's a redefining of how men can show up, which is wonderful, but it can, can leave men quite confused because then, then who are they?
1: Yeah, and, I and think, then
0: how to be in the world? And right? I think
1: that's a big thing at the moment: is this confusion because people, women, want that sensitive side from men; they want the emotional side; they want that deeper connection. But men don't really know how to go there, and how to be that masculine in that masculine energy as well.
0: Right. Well, for me, the key is if women can understand, we so want connection with mm. our men. <laughs> we so want the intimacy. We want them to talk to us. But if we don't make it safe for them to show all parts of themselves, then, then really why, why would they go mm. there? Because it, it literally isn't safe. And, you know, I had to come to terms with a whole lot of expectations I had put on partners in the past. Um, I've had students come in and see me and, you know some some of the people that come and see me are dealing with um things like erectile dysfunction um, and when they're having some challenges maintaining an erection, there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in that too. It's presenting in the physical, but there's often a whole a huge emotional component, and you know they were saying to me, my partner keeps saying, "Fuck me harder." You know, I want you to really, you know, really just fuck me. Don't stop. Don't stop. And I mean, I've said that in the past and it sounds all hot and juicy in the moment, but that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's an expectation for a man to have to show up in a certain way. And what if he's not in the mood for that that day? You know what if or what if he can't get hard? That happens to so many men or so many people with penises, mm-hmm. not just men. <laughs> penises, right? Yeah. So yeah, if if we can be sensitive enough with our partners to uh, really meet them where they're at, and not make it all about erections, and not even make it all about penetration, but about fully connecting with all of them, their hearts, their fears, their mm-hmm desires, uh, then it starts changing the conversation, the connection, and ultimately the sex too.
1: And this is one of the greatest disservices that the porn industry has given us because it's so orgasm-oriented, it's so penetration-oriented, it's so size-oriented. Right. And there's very little about sensuality. There's very little about connection in that and for so many men and more and more uh, especially young men growing up that becomes the model that becomes their exposure their first exposure to sex and to sexuality
0: absolutely and you know i'm very pro-porn i think it's wonderful that people Mm. watch porn i don't want to shame anybody who does that um and i agree with you janti there's you know it's It's really acting. I think this is what people don't understand. Nobody uses those angles. Mm. (laughs) Nobody, not even the porn actresses when they're having sex at home, right? (laughs) Those are for cameras and they want to, they want to make it look uh, interesting. Most of the men are taking Viagra, right? And the girls, if you actually look at their faces, some of them are enjoying it, but the vast, vast majority of them aren't. And they're doing it, honestly, because they make a lot of money, Yeah. right? So I <laughs> have to look at the motivation. But, yes, it, I think it does confuse a lot of people. And it's, it, it's something I say very compassionately to my students all the time. Sex is supposed to be this completely natural thing uh, that we meant to just figure out on our own. And nobody teaches us how to do it. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like breastfeeding. I remember when I was a new mother, learning to breastfeed a baby, I had all this judgment because I was having some challenges breastfeeding. And I was like, but I'm a mother. This is the most natural thing. And I, I needed I needed a coach to teach me, I was having some challenges, how to get my baby to latch correctly. Mm-hmm. And in a similar way, it's it's true around sex. We hear stuff in the locker room when we're teenagers and maybe if we're lucky. I mean, all I got in sex ed at school was don't get pregnant and these are all the ST, STIs that mm. you can catch, but nobody was really teaching anybody how to have a beautiful, connected sex. So, porn really is the only place we sort of given permission to even see what sex might be like, and then it's not not a real portrayal of what sex is like for most people.
1: Yeah. So. That's one of my big soapboxes is that nobody teaches us to be good lovers. And, that's, uh, and the physical side of that is often the easiest.
0: Very true. And sexual
1: technique, sexual skills, um, on your partner's body, where everything is, how you find it, what you do with it when you find it. But so much more about communication, about intimacy, about energy, about building something, about exploring the depths of yourself and the depths of each other. Right. And that's the really important stuff in life because all the other skills you can find are just information.
0: Yes. And I think, so how do I don't want to phrase this? I'm sharing a lot of personal stuff from my life, Janti. <laughs> you probably do this more on your show than I do. I say this in my classes, I've just never said it on live radio. Um, but I got really good at oral sex and really good at intercourse because I was very bad with my hands. My arm would get tired in about. <laughs> I really was. My arm would get tired in about yeah. five seconds, not five seconds, five minutes. And I couldn't wait for the the person to finish so that, you know, my arm, which was now cramping, could mm. get a break. And um one of the reasons I am actually pretty geeky and passionate about um teaching people technique is because then you've got something to lean into, which can help foster the connection and help you to last longer. Because if... Like with anything, if you're playing sport with bad technique, you're not going to be able to last very long. Mm. And the same thing is true about sex. So I find it the technique can create a gateway to give people confidence, which means they're going to feel more empowered in the bedroom And once you're feeling better about yourself as a lover, the chances of you beginning to open your heart and really share what's going on with you is uh, greatly enhanced. And to be good at technique, it involves a lot of communication. How does this feel? What do you want more of? You know, would you like me to go faster? Would you like me to go slower? How is the pressure? So sex, I agree with you, is a lot about communication, but giving people the technique to begin kind of having the tool to start the conversation. Most of us don't talk about sex. We just have the lights off mm. and we fumble around and we don't even tell our partner what we want. Yeah.
1: And that's I a, work with
0: couples, right?
1: And that's a, I am. It's a hard thing for a lot of men to actually, when their partner asks them what they like, and they actually don't really know. Yes. So if you take a cock into your mouth, it feels good full stop for most men. Until they've had a really good experience, then they start to understand the difference. Right. And a lot of times they don't know what it is that they really enjoy. You touch me, it feels good, I'm kind of happy. Right. But what's beyond that?
0: Well, I love that you're saying that, Janti, because I think it's true for many people. Um. With my private students, you know, there's there's some, I know Betty Martin, for example, she's out of Seattle. She teaches beautiful workshops and she gets people to ask first for the kind of touch they want Mm. before she even touches their bodies. And I love all the consent wrapped up in that. But what I find is most people have no idea what they want or how to begin to articulate that. And there's something that I play with called pleasure mapping where – and anybody can do this. You can try different kinds of touch, and it, you could be on the genitals. But honestly, if you want to really get somebody revved up, you want to focus on the whole body. If you if you make them really beg to get to the genitals, that's much more exciting. So you can do something called pleasure mapping, and you can even do this kind of as lab where you experiment on their – on different parts of their skin and and on their feet and, and using your mouth or your fingernails or your hair and figure out together. It can be this really fun exploration uh, to figure out what feels good. And you learn as the giver and your partner as the receiver also gets to discover new places of pleasure on their body And then you're both developing tools so that next time you can go, oh, that felt really good. Why don't we try and play there and see if it still feels good today? So I find that's a great tool. Actually offering somebody a kind of touch and then they can ask, would would you like it firmer or deeper or lighter? That's the number one thing I hear from women is they want touch slow down and much lighter. Men all like firmer, not all, but... They prefer
1: more young, penetrative touch. Yeah. And we speak in so many of my workshops, especially the massage and touch workshops, about that. And the most important thing is just slow down. Down. And as soon as you do that, so much changes. Just with that alone, never mind anything else. Just slow down. Absolutely. It's just like take a breath and be in that moment and be in the feeling and let it be there. I was actually thinking about something interesting. It was uh, an idea that I was playing with, which was the idea of the space between the touch and the sensation. Mm-hmm. So kind of touch somewhere and then stop. Hold absolutely still and mm-hmm. wait. And then you'll get the sensation
0: of the touch. Mhm. Mm, you're getting me uh, all juiced up on, side the, on this side of the pardon, Johnny. That but, sounds exquisite.
1: But it is, and it's so, often such simple things. Um, and I think the hardest part, it's incredibly vulnerable for a man to ask for what he wants. There's an incredible fear of rejection in that, there's an incredible fear of it not being fulfilled. Um, even when that just goes a little bit beyond the boundaries of something like saying, I'd like some anal stimulation. Right. I'd like something different, or I'd like you to just touch me differently. And there's an incredible fear in that for a lot of men.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm also wondering if um, partners can create, it could be a, a date night that you set you know, time on the calendar that you're setting aside. Tantra would call it setting sacred space, but setting up a specific time where the phones are off and you, you're creating time for each other. And it could be a time where you're saying, okay, tonight's a night for experimentation or for sharing uh, something, you know, you've never shared with your partner before. And, Creating the space for that, so that it, so that there's kind of permission in the field to be able to say, and maybe both of you share, so that it's not just one person saying, "I want to try this new thing, honey, we've never done before." But both of you are sharing something a little vulnerable, and maybe you try it that night, or maybe you save it for another, another uh, time. But creating the space so that it is safe uh, to do that, and 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 that there's kind of the platform. To be able to share. I did this with one of my lovers recently, actually around porn. I said, you know, I'm just curious what you watch. And he we didn't actually do it together because he lives in a different state. But we uh he sent me a list of some of the things he was into. And between you and I, Janti, well, it's not really between you and I, we've got all these <laughs> listeners, but <laughs> never
1: mind this. This is just us talking. <laughs>
0: I forget that. It feels so intimate with you today. But, um, you know, he sent me a list. and, And some of the things, even as a Tantra teacher, I had to take a bit of a breath as I watched them. And I wasn't into everything he was into. But what it did for us was take us into a deeper understanding of some of our fantasies. So I got to ask him questions like, so what was it about this particular uh, porn artist that you liked or this particular genre what turns you on about that now it didn't necessarily mean he wanted to do all those things with me yeah, some things <laughs> i was yes to all of them but it did it, it it was very vulnerable for him to share and it became this beautiful uh, thing that he he got to share vulnerably with me i got to receive from him and in our extended, I'm polyamorous, so I have a number of different lovers. We ended up sharing a lot of the porn between all of us. I sent the stuff that I found that was hot for me onto some of my other lovers who shared it with their lovers. And it became this beautiful, uh, erotic shared experience, even though we weren't all in the same room. That's so, yeah, that can be another way to, to open up the conversation.
1: That's an incredibly vulnerable space for a lot of men to share that because it's generally seen as such a private space. And I think it might go often with a lot of pressure simply because a lot of partners feel immediately, so if I really like watching porn with women with really big breasts and you don't have, that there's a rejection of your breasts. And actually, that's my fantasy. But the fullness of the woman that I love or I'm with is you, not... uh, not just the breasts. Right. Because a lot of porn is an objectification of something.
0: Yes. But Jonti saying just what you've said, I think would give the woman the reassurance they then need because all of us really are insecure in our own ways, regardless mm. of our gender. So if it's phrased in that way, hey, this really turns me on and I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, But it doesn't mean I need you to be that way. I mean, I don't look like any of those porn models. (laughs) And there's a lot of
1: stuff in that porn that you would never really want to do with your partner. Right. And even a lot of fantasies that you would never want to share with your partner or act out. And that's the purpose of keeping them as fantasy.
0: Yes. And I think that's a very important part, Janti. I love that you're saying that. There are things that turn me on that I love thinking about, whether I'm with a lover or on my own, self-pleasuring, that I would never want to do in real life, mm. and I'm not going to share them on the radio now.
1: <laughs> no, I'm there with you. I'm there. There are some things we will keep for other conversations.
0: <laughs> but uh when we're offline, you yes. Yeah. But... um. But yeah, but it's still beautiful to be held in an erotic space. So mm. when a, when somebody is sharing with you that they turned on by something, that can be a question: Is this something you're wanting to explore with me, or with another lover, or is this something that just turns you on erotically? And you know, you referenced earlier. We went off on a well, I went off on a bit of a tangent, but you were talking about anal play, and I see. I mean there are so many wonderful nerve endings Mm. in the anus. It feels good for people of all genders, but there's so much shame wrapped up in exploring that part of the body. And I see, especially with men, um, wanting to ask for pleasure there, there's a lot of programming around what that might mean about the man's sexuality. Like, does that make him gay or does that mean he's not into women or, it doesn't mean anything of the sort. It means that you really like the pleasure or you're, you're curious about the pleasure that can be found there. And it feels really good.
1: Yeah, and that's, right? It's very challenging yeah. in South Africa because we have such big uh, gay issues in the various communities and different groups here. And it's a question that comes up all the time. And the simple truth, again, as you said, it doesn't mean anything other than this is a beautiful avenue of pleasure to explore
0: absolutely so if we can if we can let go of the hang-ups around what it can mean it actually doesn't change your attraction to any person it really is about exploring pleasure in a different part of your your body mm-hmm. and there's a wonderful book written by uh, a colleague of mine dr charlie glickman uh, who's based out of seattle Uh, His book is called The Ultimate Guide to Prostate and Anal Pleasure. And for those uh, people that are wanting to dive a little more deeply into this uh, exploration and are feeling nervous, uh, this can be a really great resource to teach you. Charlie literally wrote the book on it. He's that good. And... um, yeah, it can it can teach you again, it'll give you some techniques to make sure it's it's safe and hygienic and that you're not you're not gonna hurt your partner. Some people are worried about hurting hurting the person that yeah. they're with. So to do it in a way that's incredibly pleasurable and it can be a beautifully loving and deeply intimate experience and men experience so much pleasure there yeah. if they can give themselves permission. And incredibly
1: so, healing for men, anal massage. Um There's a a teacher called Chester Maynard, um, and I've seen some of his work, and it's fantastic. And there's a little clip of his on YouTube somewhere. It's just a two-minute little clip that says, open your ass and your heart will follow.
0: Well, I completely agree with that. And even as a Tantra teacher, I love, I'm so shy saying this on your radio, (laughs) because some of my friends I know are really excited. Some of my South African friends are like, we'll tune in. But, um, you know, I enjoy anal play and that doesn't mean deep anal fucking in case some of your listeners are, uh, that, you know, there's huge variety in, yeah. in what anal play includes, but when it's really beautifully done, it doesn't even need, you don't even need to penetrate for anal play. You can, but you don't have to. Um, but if we talk about it in, from a tantric perspective, it's linked to the root chakra, so that the part of you that stays grounded to the earth. And even though I tend to avoid it like the plague, because I have all my, my own fears and stories come up, uh, when I have experiences of that part of my body being aroused, pleasured, and sometimes penetrated, it's amazing I mean, it's linked to your financial success and abundance issues in the world. It's linked to how safe and secure and stable you feel. And I just noticed when I've had some um, some exploration there, I show up differently in the world. So it's really good for me. Mm. <laughs> and thankfully, I have amazing lovers who will lovingly tell me, Caroline, it's time to do, in Tantra mm. we call it base work. So time to do some base work. Mm. <laughs>
1: And I have to agree with you there because some of the the anal massage experiences that I have had have been incredibly emotional um, Mm. in the release because we hold so much tension and so much stress and so much from the past sits there, especially for men. Yes. It becomes kind of the the safer storage place in a way to put a lot of the Mm. deep emotions.
0: Definitely. Because
1: we know that essentially we're never going there, so we kind of hide it away.
0: Right. And uh, to safeguard some of uh, your listeners, those with penises, uh, when I work with some of my private students, some of their fear is – oh, I won't be able to stay hard or, oh, there's something wrong with me because I wasn't able to maintain my erection when we did anal massage. And just to reassure people, it's really common for people with penises to lose their erection. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't happen every time, but it's, it is quite common because there's so much sensation happening in other parts of your body, right? For, in the prostate, for example, that the 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 lingam or the penis doesn't always stay hard so for your listeners that are experimenting with this please don't judge yourself if the erection goes away yeah. be, give yourself permission to keep being with that pleasure and um and not not having the story about how hard you need to be yeah. so that comes up with so many men
1: that's a huge thing for men and even during penetration that that with a soft cock there is so much that can be so beautiful and intimate just learning how to be with that um, and not putting this pressure of performance on everything
0: that's probably the number one thing that i see with the men that come and see me is the performance am i Mm -hmm. Is my cock too small? Am I hard enough? Honestly, Janti, with the guys that come and see me, 95% of the men that are on Viagra do not need, or Cialis. I don't know if those are the same drugs that you guys have. Yeah, in Yeah, in they're South available
1: Africa. in South Africa.
0: Um, but 95% of the guys don't need to be on any of the medication, right? Yeah. People need to know how to be with penises and all mm. their wonderful Uh, Forms of expression And I agree with you A soft cock is amazing
1: When I teach in in my lingam massage workshop The first part of that is what we call Quiet lingam Mm. And that's It's really slow movements And it's really gentle And it's a lot of movements on the perineum And in the groin crease Mm. With just really deep breathing And encouraging guys To just feel And focus on the feelings in every little part of their body and get actually away from the genitals directly right and it is so beautiful and often so emotional what comes yeah. from that because it's so it's comforting and it's safe and i think a lot of men don't feel sexual comfort they don't feel mm-hmm. that they don't feel kind of sexually held Right, and I think when when they're touched so gently, because it's such a conscious touch, and yes. the goal of orgasm is right out of the equation. Being mm-hmm. held in that is—it's mind blowing what comes up from mm-hmm. that. It really is.
0: Absolutely, and to create that experience for the man is so precious. But also, just I always like to motivate the partner why they would want to create that space. You know, for women, for example, uh, we're always wanting our guys to slow down. But if we rush with them, if we rush straight to the genitals with them and expect them to just be on and be erect and perform, then we're training them to do the same with us. Mm. Right. So if we take the time to savor their bodies and slow down and take the energy up and then take it down again and create a space. You were talking about men uh, feeling held. So often I think women go, oh, well, we'll just get the man to hold me and he can spoon and put his arms Mm -hmm. around me. I have men weep in my arms because they've never had a woman just hold them. Yeah. Just hold them. Just put their arms around and be the big spoon, you know. So I think there's a way we can really step up as partners and and really take turns so that it doesn't always have to be the men holding. Mm. We've got to take ownership of creating that space so that it's safe enough for the people with penises to step into.
1: Yeah, and again, it just comes back to that feeling safe.
0: Absolutely. And I
1: think as men, so many of us have never felt that since childhood, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the message is that we get about big boys don't cry and you got to start hiding your feelings and you got to be tough in the world. And mm-hmm. we don't allow that in often, even when it is offered. So, Janti, I mean, it's.
0: In some ways, I'm not a typical woman because I I I love people being in their emotions, and I it's it's really a treat for me when men do share their emotions with me. But you know, I'm not a man. I'm 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 very masculine in a lot of the ways. I run my energy, but you know, I I love being a woman, and I feel very connected to being a woman. So, for you as a man, what are the things that create the safety for you, so that our listeners can? can
1: hear for me the first thing is is actually being able to share and to communicate anything Mm -hmm. and that for me is the single most important factor um, to really be able to talk and to really have that heart connection and then it's the touch and for me personally it's very much Mm -hmm. about slowness and really taking Mm -hmm. time to build that fire And then acknowledging that my needs, my sexual and my sensual needs on any given day are very different. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there are times where I want to fucking come and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that, right? Absolutely. But there are times where I want hours of pleasure. And I want different kinds of pleasure. And I want to be passive. And I want to be explored. And I want to be active. And I want to explore. And I want that moving between us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's times where I want that absolute fire and I want to throw you down and just fuck you with everything I've got and I want you to scream. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I want to make love. And I think that's a lot of what we lack is what does that actually mean? How do we make love?
0: Well, I think John, to you being so vulnerable on the show and also uh with your partner, that for me, is what true love making is. Yeah, it's exactly. not about one bit going into the other bit, right, right. that's just mechanics, <laughs> and
1: often that's not even present in some of the deepest love making experiences,
0: exactly. Yeah. And for me this is a lot of why I teach tantra because it teaches people how to slow down, mm. how to really be with each other. And you can make love just with eye gazing without even touching at all, you know. So yeah. there's an
1: interesting idea that I had recently which was that there are so many ways to be intimate and to connect intimately that are not sexual and they're not in the bedroom.
0: hmm Do you want to give some examples now of I've that? Yeah, I've been thinking
1: about, I'm, I'm working on some new uh, partner yoga ideas, mm-hmm. for example. And so much of that is about eye connection, about yes. eye gazing, about breathing, about touching in ways that are not directly sexual.
0: The intimacy through eye gazing is really <coughs> profound. Mm. Is it? when you allow yourself to see and be seen by the other person, it's really wonderful if you can do it even without words. Mm. And just breathe together. And so many couples, as I said earlier, like the the lights are off and you kind of get things done, right? I'm talking about bad sex, by the way. But but, um, we're not really willing to reveal all of ourselves. So what if we turn the lights on? And we just do. We take, even if you just take a few minutes breathing and eye-gazing together, the quality of the intimacy changes remarkably. And I notice couples, I have couples that have been together for years and years and have never eye-gazed. They've Mm. never looked in each other's uh never looked in each other's eyes. Mm. There was a, a meme going around Facebook for a while, this elderly couple, been together, I don't know, 50 years or something, and they did five minutes of eye gazing and they said it was the most intimacy they'd ever shared in their lives and spent 50 years together,
1: right? Mm. And for so many people, it is one of the hardest things to do.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: incredibly uncomfortable for, for a lot of people in the beginning.
0: But there are ways you can build safety in mm. that as well. And um, some of what I... I teach my students, I mean, I invite them into eye gazing. And I have this deep, penetrative stare. So I tell them if it's too much for you, instead of looking away, because that breaks the connection, is to just take a breath and gently close your eyes so you can release some of the intensity. And then you can take another breath when you're ready. Are you still there, Janteen? Yeah. Okay. Starting my next appointment. No, I might run over a bit late. They're coming here, so...
1: Okay, so that was kind of that was where we stopped, to just. Oh, I
0: couldn't hear any oh, of that. Okay, so, so
1: we stopped. No. You were saying where well, you tell people just to take a breath and look away, and then. Uh, oh, reconnect... not look away. Yeah. Yeah, to just to take a breath and to <laughs> close, close their, their eyes. eyes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, That's but so maybe we can wrap that because we gave yeah. that to them, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, can you just kind of talk a little? Uh, we lost a little bit of that.
0: Oh. Okay. So, so, well, so, I'll have to start it again because I I couldn't hear. So yeah. I'm just going to so, start us, it again. and then You can edit it, okay? Okay,
1: that's fine. Yeah. Let me know when and go. Yeah, go for it.
0: Okay. We, we are recording. So a very simple thing that your listeners can do to practice eye gazing, because uh, as you said, Janti, it can be it can be vulnerable and it can also be a pretty intense uh, experience for people who've never done it before. So what you can do with your partner is just take a breath and eye gaze with each other and hold each other's gaze for as long as you're able. And it can actually be helpful if you set a timer. so You're not sort of wondering how long has gone past it. So let's imagine you you've picked three minutes or if you want to be really daring, you could pick five minutes for the first time. Um, but if if any of the eye gazing gets too intense, Instead of looking away, which breaks the connection, you can, um, whichever partner's feeling uncomfortable, you could just take a breath and close your eyes. Just come back to yourself and feel that safety again, and when you're ready, take another breath, open your eyes and reconnect. But you're actually holding the space, you're actually keeping the connection between the two of you, even if one partner is taking care of themselves by closing their eyes. For a few moments So that's an interesting practice Your listeners can uh, experiment Even if they don't have experts like you or I In the room to guide them
1: Oh That's really, really beautiful mm-hmm. And so important Because again, the fulfillment The real fulfillment Is in the intimacy Absolutely The orgasms are easy to have for most men One way or another um, But what's after that? And it's the first thing that I teach almost everybody who walks in the door is to get out of that goal.
0: And for men, it becomes so freeing. Yes. And I also have compassion, especially for men who have the goal of orgasm because you're fighting biology, Mm. right? Your biology is get in or get it up, get it in, impregnate and get out of Mm. there, right? So that's the compassion. You're doing what your body is programmed to do, but it really honestly doesn't leave anybody satisfied if it's, if it's, you know, over and done in five minutes. I often say to my students, like, it's not worth paying for dinner if, if the whole thing's going to last five minutes. So what if we can slow everything down and create this protracted experience of intimacy, connection and phenomenal pleasure, you know? then then it's worth putting the makeup on for the woman uh, as well.
1: And for some men.
0: (laughs) And for some men. That's true. The guys want to wear makeup. California, a lot of the guys wear eyeliner too. So, yeah.
1: There we go. Caroline, this has been a real honor to share with you and such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, Mm -hmm. And so beautiful to connect with you like this. And I would definitely like to share more conversations like this with you.
0: Oh, well, I've loved it, Janti. I love it whenever there are spaces to share really freely about things that so often people don't give themselves permission to talk about. A big part of my mission in the world is to, is to push my own edges so that it gives more people permission. And I think the thing I've treasured most in our talk today, Janti, has really been feeling your vulnerability and your realness. We've only ever communicated over Facebook. Mm. Before. So to get to really feel you at a much deeper level uh, has been a real treat for me. So thank you so much. Well, thank you.
1: And I can't wait to actually be with you on the beach somewhere in the world, uh, in the world of pleasure.
0: Well, perhaps we could make a date for Clifton or Landadno. Those are two of my favorite beaches in South Africa. They're
1: pretty good. <laughs> yes.
0: But I also want to um, make sure we have a way for uh, your listeners to stay connected. Because yes. I, so
1: please, what is your website? How do people get information from you?
0: Yes, well, I am. A, I I'm, I make myself very easily available, and just like you and I connected on Facebook, that's a great way to kind of get a daily dose of me. Uh, so, Facebook is a great way. You can find me under Caroline Carrington Tantra. If you don't know where to find me, you can find me as one of Jonti's friends. Um, but all of this information is contained on my website, and you can find me under carolinecarrington.com. I'll just spell that for you because there's so many variations. It's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-C-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. And for any of those curious, I'm not going to say it live on the radio, but I wasn't Caroline Carrington when I was in South Africa. That's um, both my spiritual and the name I took when I got married. So uh, if any of your listeners are curious, I may be willing to divulge my South African name for some of you that are wondering if you knew me back in the day. You'll have to contact me directly for that. I do have a free mailing list, Janti, that um, gives out tips and tools and videos. You don't even have to spend a cent with me um, to really support people on their paths. Um, I do share about the events that I run both in – a lot of my events are in California, but I do teach around the world. And I, I, I'm i really excited to bring some of this to, uh, to South Africa. So if you pop on the mailing list, then you'll – You will learn about that when all the details are released. And hopefully, you and I are going to chat before then, anyway. Absolutely. And again, (laughs) thank you
1: so much. And I wish you all so much pleasure.
0: Thank you, Janti. Thanks for the amazing work you're doing in the world. Cliff Central Revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.